Introducing the new City Life Church app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sundays, browse and keep up with connect groups, stay up to date with church life through our blog section, and much more. Download the City Life app today. We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifefw.org. So uh, preparing, Tim, Tim gives me six, eight weeks, and, and today he gives me an extra, extra hour. Thank you for that. I get an extra hour to study and to, to fret and to worry. And, um, so, so when I study and, and I do all these things, um, my inclination, my pride um, says, you know, bring, bring some weighty theological, you know, quote Spurgeon and a lot of other things and, and uh, really impress. That's what I want to do, right? You know, fix my hair, wear my, I didn't wear my, my tight pants. This is as close as it gets, okay? Uh, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so that's my inclination and, and walking in this morning, I just, uh, what do I, what do I, this goodness of God thing, um, what, what do I do? And, and Tim pulls me aside and he comes in here and he says, how you doing? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm okay. He's like, really? I don't want just okay standing up here, so what's going on? It's like, I don't know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of wrestling a little bit. And he's like, okay. Um, you know, so I just, just dug deep and he's like, okay, but, okay, well, well I, don't, I don't want Austin. I don't want your perfection. I want your brokenness. I, I, want, I want what you have you know, kind of the leftover. <laughs> I want God to bring the good stuff out of Austin today. So kind of changed up a little bit in the first service of kind of my introduction and all that nonsense I was going to give you. And I want to talk to you about kind of the 18, last 18 months of my life. Um, <coughs> Psalm 107 um, has been something that I've just been saying to myself over and over and over and over. Um, a couple years ago, God asked us to give up everything, move on, start over, um, and it's been kind of weeping and gnashing of teeth ever since. Um, there's been highs, there's been lows, there's been middle ground. Um, if you work with teenagers that are uh, addicted to substances, it's kind of exhausting. Um, if you work with teenagers, period, it's kind of exhausting. Now add all that other stuff on, on top of that and put them in a location where they can tear things up. And at times I'm going, okay, God, we're, this is, we're killing it. We're doing awesome. We're up and running. Uh, and the other times I'm laying in my room in the fetal position uh, going, yeah, well, <laughs> what am I get myself into? But I found myself reciting this one thing. God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Help me. Kept reminding myself. It was just, it was just thing, this thing that just kind of kept coming up in my prayer time. I was just telling God, you are good, and your mercy endures. I didn't have the energy to give thanks yet. I was just saying, God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. We have, we have the NIV up there. It says his love endures forever, because I'm sure most of you are going to read from, from one of those versions. Uh, King James says, endures forever. So today I want to talk to you about this scripture, about God's goodness. Um, when I was a kid, I, I didn't have a Bible, didn't go to church, uh, didn't really have, know anybody that went to church. Uh, I just was a kid. I would 
burn stuff and uh, stay out late and, and act like a kid. Uh, but one thing we did every week, every day, day in and day out, without fail, I would get, you know, I'd get one of these. If we did not say this prayer, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. <laughs> My family had no context of what we were saying to ourselves every day we sat down into a meal. God is great and God is good. That's a huge theological implication to a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're making some big statements uh, about God and, and, and what God does over our meal. And so as a 10-year-old, I could not conceptualize A, who God was. I didn't have a Bible. I didn't have any examples. Nor could I conceptualize his goodness or how that goodness affected our life. And so today, I want, I, want, I want to try to connect us to that because I think sometimes we live that way. Uh, we, we go to church, and you know, when I actually started going to church about 15, 16, there's this thing that would, if, if you didn't do it, I was just talking to Jim in the first service. He was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny because every church service had to end or begin this way. Somebody from the pulpit would go, God is good. All the time. And so this was the thing. This was what you had to do to begin and end services. And floods and floods of people would come in and they would, they would participate in this. And then I think we would walk out and go, what did we just do? How did God's goodness affect us? We say it, I think, as a colloquialism of our meals or over and our time. It's, oh, God's good. But what does that actually mean to us? Where's the rubber meet the road for that. Um, it, the reason why I want that to, to talk to that, talk to you about that today is, is I think the more that we increase our knowledge of his goodness, the more able we are to, uh, for lack of a better word, play the game, to be a believer, to be a follower, to, to have something. It's, there's no use to have um, a bunch of tools and not be able to access them, right? So the more we cognitively know, uh, the, the, the better off that we are. Right? Yeah. Okay. Oh. See, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous about preaching today until that little guy walked in. Like, I was like, oh, you, you, you people, you'll, you'll get it. But him, like, man, I don't, I don't want to mess that one up. Uh, <laughs> before we can start talking about God's goodness, um, I think we have to, have to understand this, this big word. Um, it's called God's immutability immutability in the first service I talked about you know that progressive commercial with Flo where she's standing at that fancy door and she's like saying onomatopoeia uh, she's throwing out these like big fancy words to try to get the passcode everybody seen it? okay so, so let's go, Flo could use this word immutability so what is the immutability of God? the immutability of God is an attribute that God is unchanging in his character, his will and his covenant promises so if you look at old theological literature, the Westminster Shorter Catechism says that, that God is a spirit whose being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth are infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. Those things do not change. So I think we first have to understand God's immutability or his inability to change before we can understand God, God's goodness. Because if we begin to say God is good all the time, God is good, but we don't understand uh, his immutability. We think God changes because you and I have relationships that change day in and day out. I build relationships uh, and, the, and they fail. 
People get married and then they get divorced. Uh, we invest in things and the investment blows up. So you and I understand life in a very temporal way. We don't understand life in an eternal way. I mean, we live in a microwave society where we can buy something and then three seconds later put it in a microwave and then we can fulfill ourselves. We don't feel good, so we go to the store, we open up a bottle, we put it in our mouth and we change. And so you and I don't experience kind of this long-term eternal thing unless we're very purposeful about it, unless we think about the eternity that's really set in front of us. And so for us to, to really understand God's unchanging or God's goodness, we have to understand that he doesn't change. He doesn't change when our mom gets cancer. Doesn't change when my brother dies. Doesn't change when a dad begins to, to battle with Alzheimer's. God doesn't change when somebody straps a bomb to their chest and walks into the mall doesn't change when their rent's due. Doesn't change, uh, come on, somebody help me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not a podcast. Come on. <laughs> the first service is better, so let's use that one. You and I experience change in life, and it's hard for us to conceptualize God's goodness so we have to understand, we have to get into our head. James says it this way. He says, do not be deceived in, in verse, or chapter one. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation, shadow, or due to change. We always focus on the gift. We always want to look at, okay, what's the gift? What's the gift? How does God benefit me? But I want us to look at that differently. I want to look at God's unchanging characteristic. He doesn't change. And because he doesn't change, we get the first part of that verse. He gives us good gifts. So what is this goodness of God? The goodness of God is classified as one of God's attributes. So if I look at Colby and I say, hey, Colby, you're funny. I look at somebody else and I say, wow, you're really a real person. You know, like, not, not like, I don't know. But that, that person always brings the, the levity to the group. The, the, you know, they're going to cry first. Or they're going to be emotional first or whatever. Those are qualities that you and I possess. They change. Colby, Colby may go into a situation and be lonesome and be down and not be funny. <laughs> Everybody's going, yes. No, just kidding. That's why you don't sit right there. Uh, there the, God's goodness is one of those things that uh, describes his character. One of the things, we, the, the big three that we always look at are his um, uh, uh, omnipotence, <laughs> omniscience, what I like to say sometimes, omniscience, or his omnipresence. So God is everywhere, all times, knows what's going on. Okay, here's what's cool about God's goodness. As you think about a wheel, these little spokes of God's character, his omniscience, his omnipotence, his, his love, his kindness, his goodness, all, or not his goodness, uh, all, of, all of his attributes are kind of tied to this one little centerpiece and God's goodness is kind of the thing that encompasses them all. Because think about this. Do we really want a God to know everything about us who's not good? Do we want a God to follow us around all day long and go before us, make a way for us, and his character not be good. So when we think about all those things that God gives us, all that the fruit on our tree is encompassed or is grounded by A, God's inability to change, and B, by his goodness. 
And so when, when we get to know God's goodness, uh, we can better serve him. My wife and I have this kind of little fun thing. We, we look through pictures in life and, and we go, oh, we were just a little in love. Uh, <laughs> we were just a little in love because 10 years ago, I really didn't know her that much. Now I know everything about her, everything, right? And in 25 years, we're going to look back and we're going to be sitting on our front porch. We're going to go, oh, in our 30s, we were just a little in love. Remember when we went through those tough times? We just... We, just, we were just a little in love. And so I want, as, as we grow as believers, as, as, as you, you kind of start ticking away the years of following Christ, you look back and go, oh, I was just a little in love with Jesus. Because my growth and my knowledge of him is increased. And as he, as he increases, it gives me more power and it gives me more power. I go outside and stuff just gets out of my way. Somebody hear that? When I, he increases in me, stuff gets out of my way. What is that, Magneto and the Avengers or whatever just kind of goes. God goes before us, his goodness. I want to look at three things today. Without, uh, you know, we have this attribute of Colby's really, really funny and Colby never said anything. He wouldn't bring life in any party. I have this shed full of tools, full of woodworking tools, probably thousands of dollars over the, over the years just accumulated hand tools and big tools and little tools. They're all sitting in a shed right now with a padlock on them. They have no value to me. They don't bring me life. I used to make pens for people. They don't bring other people life. And so if God good, God's goodness is just shelved, if all we do with God's goodness is, is every once in a while and say, God is good, what are we doing? We want to take that power and we want to walk out those doors and we want to influence our culture. So I want to look at three ways today that God's goodness benefits our lives or helps us influence the people we come in contact or our own lives. First one is, is God is our protector. Second one to look at is God as our provider. And the third is, is God is our peacemaker. Now I just narrowed three down and I gave them to you in, in palpable peas. <laughs> that you could take home with you. <laughs> we could do a 16-week series on God's goodness and we could, we could talk about it, but I just wanna, I got 20 minutes left or whatnot to talk to you about these three, okay? God is protector. Let's look at King David again, Psalm 46. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, through the mountains, or though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Love this imagery. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease. At the end of there, he makes wars cease. That's cool. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I'm God. We've heard a lot of those sermons. Be still and know that I'm God. Be ex I, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So God is our protector. 
He has carved this little spot in the, in the side of the mountain away for us. So, so David, David I, I can see David just, just talking to his people. They've got their knives and their spears and their swords and they're ready for battle. And it's this gladiator scene. He says, God is our refuge. Go into battle and kill somebody. <laughs> the battle has been won for us. We, we fast forward in eternity and we know that the battle has been won for us and the protector has already gone before us. So when our unchanging God, the immutable God, reveals his character of goodness to us, he becomes our protector. I learned this when, when, when we first got pregnant with Tyler and all of a sudden there's this life living inside of my wife and I kind of drove like a 16-year-old kid up until about when I was 30. <laughs> Didn't really care. I wanted my car to go faster than yours and stop faster than yours so that I can pull out in front of you and squeal the tires and not lose my transmission. That's how I drove. That was just fun to me. Uh, not, maybe not fun for everybody else. Uh, but something changed in me when, when I became just a father wasn't even in the air yet. I changed my driving. People have been trying to be, get me to slow down for years and years and years. But when a father said, oh, that's my baby, instantly this protection thing rises up within me. Any one of you want to touch my kid, try. Right? I will be there in an instant. I will be there to pick up Tyler and Micah and Emma and I will protect them with my life. I don't care what is in front of me. My flesh, my goodness is to protect. How much more is our infinite God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the everlasting, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who just sits up there and creates everything with his voice? How much more does he protect us? So God's unchanging nature, his immutability, his goodness protects us. Let's look at how God provides for us. Matthew chapter 20, we get this, this story of this, this uh, kind of wealthy uh, wine, winery owner uh, comes into the market and he says, hey, you three fellas, uh, you want to work today? Cool. Good, it's $1, work all day long. Comes back a couple hours later. He says, oh, there's a couple other guys standing over there. Do you guys want to work today? Cool, it's $1. They get in the truck and they haul off. Then he gets there probably about one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon and he, he looks at all the millennials and he says, you guys had enough coffee, you want to go to work? And <laughs> like, oh yeah, dude. That was the LA, LA, LA version. They say, yeah, we'll go work. How much is it? One dollar. Cool. And then the really entrepreneurial guys are still sitting there about three or four in the afternoon. He comes back in and says, guys, you're still not working. What's the deal? Oh, we haven't been picked up yet. Well, do you want to work? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. It's a dollar. And so they work, they work all the day. Everybody works their own shift. And the guy comes back and he says, okay, it's time for money. And the first group gets their dollar. The second group gets their dollar. The third group gets their dollar. And the fourth group gets their dollar. And Last, the, the first group is like, uh, the last group's like, yeah, I got my dollar, I only worked three hours. The, the first group's like, really? I worked all day long, I got a sunburn, my back hurts, my hands are bleeding, and I get a dollar? Yeah. 
because that's what you signed up for. Look at it, what it says in verse uh, 14. Um, it says, take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. I know he's talking about eternity here, but I want to talk about God as provider because he doesn't change. If he can provide eternity to us, he can provide some other things along, as, along the way, right? Okay, so he doesn't change. His, out of his goodness, he provides for us. And what he provides for us is exactly what we need when we sign up for the job. And so why do I freak out? Every month, every two weeks when payroll is due, and I'm looking at the balance sheet and I'm going, how on earth am I going to do that? And I look at the, the thousands of dollars of plumbing that we've had to repair this month and I go, that throws everything off. How in the world am I going to do that? You see the, the issue here? <laughs> There's a pronoun <laughs> that's kind of messed up. How in the world is he going to do that? How in the world is the provider going to do that? So when I believe that my goodness is going to solve a problem, it's not. It's not at all. Because my unchanging God, who out of his goodness prophesied over us a couple year, months ago, and he said, guess what? You're exactly where I want you to be. It's going to go really, really fast. And I'm going to give you everything that you need. We have it written down. I have it posted beside my desk at every time that thing comes through. This guy thinks he's going to be the provider. Somebody today needs to access the unchanging God, rely on his goodness and says, for you are good and your mercy endures forever. So when I begin to fret, this, this verse is just, just radiates in my head. It's the only thing I can pray sometimes is, God, <clears throat> thank you. I don't want to, because I know what that bill says. Thank you, because you're good, and I know your mercy endures. Because if this all goes away, that's what I'm going to stand on. That's what's going to be everlasting for me. I'm going to give you a fancy Spurgeon quote. I won't read it all to you. You got it in your notes. It says, consider the goodness of God in creation. Who would ever tell of all of God's goodness? It goes on to say that everybody eats. Everybody is fed. The birds, the alligators, the crickets, the dogs, the cats, the whatever, they all get fed. How can you and I begin to fathom the goodness of God? How can we be able to stand and be able to count? We can't. There's not enough of us to begin to understand and fathom the real, authentic goodness of God. So God is our provider. He's our protector. And out of his goodness, he becomes our peacemaker. Look at Psalm 34 with me. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He's just rallying us. He's what Jordan does every week. He's just saying, come on, guys. Let's give that thanks. Let's give that praise. Let's give, come on. 
He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. I like the, 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 those words like never, those, those absolutes. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I want to be that guy who says, I sought the Lord. He answered me and he delivered me. I don't want to be the guy who wakes up and says, man, I'm depressed. Man, I'm worried. Man, I just don't know. I want to be the guy who accesses access is the knowledge that he's put in my head. David says, I've hid his word in my heart so I might not sin against you. So I want to be the guy who can say, verse four, I sought the Lord, he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. I want you to be the guy or the gal that understands that God cannot change. And he acts out of his goodness. And what does his goodness do for us? It gives us the peace that passes all understanding allows us to walk through our day, allows us to sit still, allows us not to worry. Man, I wanna be that guy. Last week, Tim says, turn to your Bibles in Mark chapter 10. And I about stood up and yelled, no! That's in my sermon! It was. It was before he talked about it last week. So hopefully you'll remember or not remember what he talked about. Because <laughs> Mark uh, 10, 17, it says, and he, Jesus, was setting out on a journey and a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? I love to put my inflection in, into Jesus's why do you call me good? Kind of with some sarcasm with a little bit of angst. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and father. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all these from my youth. God is great. God is good. And Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come to me and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Do not want to be that guy. It's really cool that when we walk out the door, if God's in us, people are going to see that goodness. They're going to run up to you and you're going to say, hey, good friend, good teacher, good employee, good business owner. Because you guys have understood God's unchanging nature and his goodness and you're now taking this eternal peace with you. See, when we think about our goodness, God can't be protector. When I stand in the gap for my family, I'm just a dude. I'll take bullets all day long, but it's not going to do anything. 
when I stand in the gap for my family financially and I go to work every day and I grind, does it matter? 14, 16, whatever hour days that you want to work, doesn't matter because I'm not the provider. When I come to my family and I want everybody to calm down and I hand out Xanax to everyone, I do substance abuse treatment so I can say stuff like that. <laughs> they don't calm down because I'm not the peacemaker. I have to allow God. We have to allow God to be the peacemaker. We have to allow God to be the provider. We have to allow God to be our protector. And so to finish all this up, I want to I bring back together Psalm 107, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. God's goodness calls us to repentance, calls us to change. Repentance means turning away from. So his goodness, his unchanging nature, calls us to do something different in our life to give up that thing that we love the most, to s that one thing that sits on the throne of our heart. His goodness is compelling us to trade that in. It was because of God's goodness that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, that we may have eternal life. So to end the theological treatise here, God's immutability, his unchanging nature, says that he is good and that his goodness cannot be extracted from his mercy. Did they get that? He is, he is merciful out of, out of the outflow of his goodness. As a dad, when my son throws a fit and, and there's a toy involved or something, I, I, I want to take that toy, I want to put it on the highest shelf, and I say, son, you can't have that toy because you're acting a fool. But I have this ability to say, son, I want you to use this toy in a useful way. I'm going to have mercy on you right now I'm going to allow you to keep playing with it because I'm good. <laughs> Not really. But because God has shown me grace and I want my kid to understand what mercy looks like. And so for us in order to, to, to get all of this, to, to, to package this all together, we now have to look at God's mercy and how it lives in our life. And so I think there's two, two kinds of people today Maybe three. You're, you guys are all good. You can just go to lunch. Come on, that was funny. The first one, this is all new information to you. And this idea of God being good, uh, it's just like me when I was a kid. It's just a colloquialism. It's just a thing that we say. It's just, eh, don't really have a relationship with this dude. I just call him great and good. We pray over the food. So our first group of people need to know this personal relationship with him to allow his goodness to influence your life in terms of provision and protection and peace. Secondly, I think there's a group of people that you've probably experienced this in the past, but life has just given you lemons. And it's time to make some lemonade with it. Whatever it's been. God was good kind of in your earlier years. But now it's just saying, hey, I'll just do the deal. And so I want to pray a prayer today for, for both of those people. And in the first service, I did the no, no eyes closed and no heads bowed. 
because I'm different. Because I know this, that this is the easiest place to raise your hand. This is the easiest place to go and worship. I don't go to Walmart and walk around like this. I pray under my breath, make sure nobody hears my prayer language, even in my own home. So if you're in that first group and you say, I want to be introduced to this good God for the first time, be brave. Anybody? It's tough. Okay, second group. This takes courage too. We did it in the first service too. Second group. I know this God, but I've been kind of challenged today. I may not know his goodness or may I've, I've put his goodness on the back burner. I'm just like, eh, I don't know if God is really good. I know he's there, but I want to re- really be introduced or reintroduced to that goodness. Is anybody in that? Awesome. Thank you guys for your courage. So stand with me. We're going to pray. God, you're so good. And your mercy endures forever. Thank you, God, that nobody can stand up against you. Thank you so much that every time we come to you, you're available and you're ready to meet our needs. That you're standing there with your hands out saying, I got you. And so today, God, those that are in the room that have known you, and it just kind of shrugged their shoulders at your goodness or maybe uh, not really wanting to trust that again. I ask you, God, to flood them right now. I ask you to consume them right now, Father. God, just impute your goodness to them. Show up in their life today. God, so that when they go out, they affect change in the life of our city. That they affect change in the lives of their homes and their schools and their jobs and their comings and goings, God. God, and we will give you the honor and we'll give you the praise and we'll give you thanks, God. We give you thanks for you are good. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. Amen. Say that with me before we leave. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. Thank you, guys. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. And if you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifefw.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.